Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Welcome to the Lori and Julia Book Club. Um, one of our favorite authors in the world, Kate Quinn, is joining us. Uh, we last talked to her about her amazing book, The Huntress, and she has another amazing historical novel that we've absolutely were besotted and fell head over heels in knowing uh, the women, and the book is called The Rose Code. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hey there. How are you ladies doing? Oh, We're my. fantastic. And I, I, I talked to you a little earlier today on my watch. <laughs> oh, did um, you guys have the wrong we time? Just, just the a time little bit. zone? But Kate, this book, I mean, it's it was such a page turner. It was, it's such, I love how you get us into the history of what women have done during our wars. And it's just fantastic. So give everyone the setup for the Rose Code. Well, the Rose Code tells the story of three very different women. A beautiful, blue-blooded debutante, a tart-tongued London shop girl, and a shy, crossword-solving spinster, who are all three recruited to the mysterious Bletchley Park, which is a secluded English country manor where the best and brightest minds in Britain work in dire secrecy, breaking Hitler's supposedly unbreakable military codes. The That's pretty much machines. it in a nutshell. Yeah, it, it, it is in the nutshell. And how, like, were you doing research for the Huntress or the Alice Network when you first maybe stumbled across the women that worked at Bletchley Park keeping these secrets? Or how did you... uh, Even that you always have a kind of a personal story with how you end up writing books. I feel like you do anyway. Well, I've had this on my radar for quite a bit. And I think my obsession with Bletchley Park really began when I read Robert Harris's wonderful novel, Enigma. And that's a great book. It became a great movie. And oh, yes. it got Alan me interested Turner, yes. into mm-hmm. Yes. And it got me interested in, you know, the whole history of the Codebreakers. And what I noticed really was that so many of the stories you were hearing were about the men who were there. You know, these titanic figures like Alan Turing, who mm-hmm. starred later in, who was the figure at the center of the imitation game and so forth. And, you know, these men did wonderful things and they deserve to be lauded. But also Bletchley Park by 1944 was, you know, outnum- women outnumbered men three to one. I wanted to know more about them. So that's really what spurred me down this path. Okay. To find and, out and, and where one, were the women? Yeah, for the women. And, and, and is you do such a great job oh. of spinning something that feels so real. And then the fact that it's rooted in all this historical stuff. You're just such an amazing storyteller. But you have the idea. You put in one of the characters... Um, about Asla, who we were just fascinated with because she, in real life, we didn't know this till the end of the book, had this romance during World War II with uh, Philip of Greece, who ends up marrying Queen Elizabeth, and that is a bit of a storyline. How did you find out about Asla? Well, when I was researching Bletchley Park, I was really quite astounded by how many, you know, famous people strolled in and out through those gates at some point who had some kind of connection to this code-breaking hub. And, you know, I found out that, you know, for example, uh, Duchess Kate's grandmother worked there as a code-breaker, uh, which was one royal connection. And then I found out that Prince Philip, when he was just, you know, a young naval lieutenant and not really anybody of interest at all to the royal family, except, you know, sort of a distant relative, and way before Princess Elizabeth is on the scene, his wartime girlfriend was a translator at Bletchley Park. And they used to, you know, dance all night in London when he was off his ship, and then he'd put her on the 
Dawn train to go back to Bletchley to start to her shift code breaking. And that was the kind of detail. Just like as soon as I learned that, I knew there was no way I could not include it. And, oh, and then the story angle, though, about uh, because it goes back between World War II, the women being code breakers, yep. and then about maybe 10 years later. Yes, I was interested in seeing, you know, what happens after the war to the code breakers, because in real life, you know, mostly they were just told to go home oh. and please don't ever mention that you did this work again. And I wanted to know, you know, really, was there ever a chance that they had to dust off the old skills? And, mm-hmm. you know, so I decided to, you know, put all that against the backdrop in 1947 mm-hmm. of the royal wedding. You know, the same Philip, now that he's engaged to Princess Elizabeth, the wedding is approaching. You know, London is going insane. And, you know, for my three ex-code breakers, they have a job to do in the middle of all this royal wedding fever and chaos. Oh. And that just makes their job harder. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Kate Quinn. Her new book is The Rose Code. It just came out today. It is it's it's so good. It's I love historical fiction. Mm-hmm. We absolutely love it. And it's in, I, and then at the end of the book, when you get to read the history of all these people that we just read about for 640 pages, Kate, <laughs> um, I couldn't even listen to it on tape, you know, to get, I'm a slower reader than Lori. And I'm like, geez, I'm getting, we're getting her the first day. So I can't even do it on audible. But anyway, it's, it's just so cool how you highlight women during this really important moment in history, World War II, and it's in The Huntress was such a great book, and Alice Network is so great. It makes you feel so proud in a way. It really does, and that's really what I look for. You know, whenever people ask me that question, as all writers do, you know, where do you get your ideas? And the place I always get my ideas for a book is I find some some point in history when women have done something amazing. And I think, I didn't know about this. How could I not know? And then that makes me think, I want to write a story about this because I want to do at least my small part in shining a light on Mm -hmm. some ladies of the past who maybe deserve more credit for the things that they have done that they have currently gotten. So if I can help do my little part to do that, I will be, I will count myself very, very fortunate. Yeah. And you know, also how you explore the whole you know, when people do work in intelligence, uh, they you are sworn to secrecy Secrets. and people do take that very, very, you know, seriously. And so that whole I'm curious, like, I mean, are there any of the Bletchley Park women that were code breakers still alive? And did you talk to any of them? Um, I was not able to personally talk mm-hmm. to any. Um, I did go to Bletchley Park in person before the pandemic shut everything oh, down. We want to go be now. able to go around and see. We want to go <laughs> oh, because of you. <laughs> and but I did read a lot of memoirs okay. that have been written by people who worked there. So it was a real window into their minds and the way it way life was when they were working there. And I really was felt very privileged to do that. So I give, this people, take, but oh, give people yeah. an example of what are some of the codes that, that, that they are breaking as they're working round the clock during the war, which, you know, four and a half years or whatever it was, five and a half years. I mean, intense. Well, one of the scenes you will actually see in the book, which is drawn exactly from history was a moment when, uh, an all-female team of codebreakers at the park came across a message. They broke a message that said, today is the day minus three. 
and they realized an attack was going to happen. So they went on like a two-and-a-half-day binge to try to crack the battle plans, which turned out to be the battle plans for the Italian Navy to launch an attack off of Cape Matapan. And these women broke that code. They broke the battle plans wide open. They passed it up the ladder, and because of them, Britain had its biggest naval victory since Trafalgar. And it basically, that was it for Italy in the war. It was it for the Italian Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. cleared the Italian Navy out of there, and that meant that later things like uh, you know the Americans going over to uh, and the Allied ships moving into Africa could happen much more easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all right. So I have a question, Kate. <laughs> okay. So um, how long? I mean, the Hunters came out. I can't think of how many years ago you were on our show. Thank you for mm-hmm. coming back. First of all, we are just so passionate about reading and reading you. Um, how long did you work on this book? Um. I think it may have been about four years from the start when I was first started seriously thinking about writing a Bletchley Park book, and then through the researching and the writing and the editing. And um, I will say all of the editing happened under quarantine because uh, I had just finished my first edit, first draft uh, right when, you know, the world shut down about right. a year ago. So I had all my edits and all my fact-checking happened in, you know, lockdown, which was its own kind of challenge. But yeah, this, I would say, is one of the toughest books I've ever read, ever had to write or research because, you know, there's so much information. It is so technical. And I don't know why I thought it was a great idea for a non-technical, non-mathematical mind like me to write a book about code breaking. But somehow I did. So then I had to, I had to learn about it. Yeah. But the way you explained it in layman's term for us to understand, let's just take five characters. Three great female female characters. characters. They were so great. And, um, I I want to ask you, Kate, because I, I can't help but think with everything that's been going on, you know, with Oprah's interview and watching The Crown and the English actors in season four that play Young Diane and Charles, you know, winning. But one of the things that I was really dazzled with with the first season of The Crown was how handsome Philip was right. and exploring the early love story of how she met him and he was a naval officer. So to get a peek at this other side of him being a naval officer living with Uncle Dickie Mountbatten yep. and all of that and being looked suspiciously because his sisters were married to Nazis and he was called a Hun. I mean, there was a lot of gossip. Was he even good enough for Elizabeth? Right. So I felt like reading your book it gave me the authority to say that Prince Philip was very lovely to Meghan Markle because he likes a pretty girl and he would have remembered all the slurs and false stories about him. He was definitely the outsider at that point. And mm-hmm. um, I think there was, you know, during the war, there was a certain amount of side eye about was he really loyal to Britain or not? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, because he had this broken up, scattered family and a lot his sisters all ended up on the German side of things. And so, but, you know, all he wanted was to, you know, be a naval officer uh, fight for England, join the British Navy. Kiss pretty and he girls. Was really quite good at that. <laughs> yeah, kiss pretty girls. I mean, I think that's well known that he right. did like the lady. Anyway, I just, I felt like he would have been uh, kind to Megan about being an outsider. He would have understood that very much. So I knew right away that that's not who Harry was talking about. Okay, so Kate, Kate Quinn, if you're just joining us, the book is The Rose Code. It's it's phenomenal. Did you, I, I see this as a limited series, a TV series. Is this something that you 
would like to see happen. The BBC is could option it, uh, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan can well, star in it. Uh, well, I can tell you that it has been optioned as a limited series, but, you know, that's only the very first step. Okay. You know, the uh, it, it's no guarantees yet that we're going to see it on the screen, but you at least the first step has taken place. So, fingers crossed, maybe it will be coming to a screen near you or I Netflix mean, or Puno. This would, to me, be out such of a all great... your books that this I can see and feel and, you know, whoever's going to do it, I, this feels like this story is so... Uh, t- you know, it would juicy, be juicy, smart, great yeah. characters. You've already written like the everything that they need for success. <laughs> well, your lips to God's ears. Let's hope. Uh, okay. All right. So we know we're running out of time with you and we have to ask you, you know, what is the last great book besides yours? And besides your list that you had in parade, because we've already retweeted your great, your recommendations. Like if we love the Rose Code, so right. we've got those books. Anything else great that we should tell our listeners about? Well, uh, two wonderful books I've read this year so far have been Sadiqa Johnson's absolutely heartbreaking Yellow Wife and Melanie Benjamin's really superb book called The Children's Blizzard. Those were two real standouts for me lately. Okay. Well, the standouts for us has been The Rose Code. We were both sad it was over. Oh, these, well, thank you so much. I'm so delighted you enjoyed it. so good. Thank you so much for being on our show, and enjoy your book tour. Yeah. Well, how do you want people to find you, like, if you're, for people to be, in fans to be involved, what's the best place to reach out to you? Um, you can reach out to me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Kate Quinn 5975 oh, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Kate Quinn author, Twitter, also Kate Quinn author. You can usually find me on social media procrastinating from my word count. Yeah. Okay. And oh, and seriously, in having the um, reading book club guide in your book is really smart. Love it. We loved it. And I this can't, is going to oh, be fantastic. This yeah. is just going to be such and a hit. And we're going to go to um, Bletchley we Park. We totally are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kate. We love, love, Thank love you. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. It's such a good book. We've got the a couple Coast. copies. Giveaway 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.